Welcome back to episode 49 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. In this episode, looking ahead to game week 9. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, a podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another roundup of waiver options, hidden gems, ones to dump and some sell high buy low targets ahead of game week 9. There were some good matches in game week 8 and I'm feeling good after a decent week in fantasy football, uh, a Spurs win and some exciting news regarding a new sponsor for the podcast which you will be hearing about very soon. Mo Salah continues to dominate the points table with a sizable gap over the rest of the pack and it was one of those weeks where there were a number of players slightly off the radar who got returns, including Ogbonna, McGinn, Benteke, Tim Krull, Nathan Redmond, Malang Sarr uh, and new Wonderkid striker Armando Brogia. It was another post-international break which saw a lot of big names rested and for me personally I had to live without Edison, Thiago Silva and Jesus again but thankfully the rest of the lads more than made up for it. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include the winners and losers after Ferran Torres's injury, Bremo for Brentford and Dombele for Spurs and Jaden Sancho so let's get into it. <laughs> So something I thought I should be doing more of is doing at least a very quick review of some of the players highlighted from the previous podcast so that I can learn from mistakes and continue with trends that work out well. So just going through the bullet points, the Brighton defence was a success clean sheet for all of them. Uh, Matip was another defender who got a clean sheet. Lindelof we have to put down as a miss, although not many defenders will get an assist and still only manage to end up with two points. Chalobah was a success as Chelsea got a clean sheet. Uh, Chilwell was a massive success, not that he would have been readily available to many, um, but 15 points is as good as it gets. Bernardo Silva scored in Manchester City's win, getting him 11 points. He was a good pick. Um, The Everton attacking midfield trio was uh, have to be considered a miss in a pretty lacklustre performance against West Ham. Huang was also a miss despite Wolves getting three late goals. He didn't get involved in any of those. St. Maximan was a miss, though he played played okay. Um, and from the hidden gems, uh, Connor Cody, McCarthy, and Veltman were all hits. Um, Brian uh, Kilman, Buemo Jones, and the Arsenal defenders um, didn't pick up a return. Also, I opted um, to pick Grant Hanley again as my most hidden gem pick, uh, second week running, and even brought him in myself for a very last, um, very last minute free agent putting it on the line for the pod, which was a great result as Norwich grabbed their second clean sheet in a row. Um, Although I think the gravy train ends here, but what a ride it's been. So some decent successes from last week's picks. Maybe that's why I suddenly decided to do this uh, review segment now, but that would be a very cynical view. On to the fixture barometer then. Um, Very little change from last week, so I won't go into it again. Um, obviously, the big standouts on the fixture run are Chelsea uh, and Manchester City, while Wolves have got a, a fairly decent run if they can actually pull their finger out and make the most of it. On the colder end, United have got a really tough run coming up, uh, as do Watford uh, and Burnley, while the run looks pretty hard for Norwich, whoever they're playing. So on to the main picks. And the first one I'm going to mention is uh, Sergio Reguilón for Spurs. Played really well in the game at St. James's Park, though Newcastle did not set up in a way which made it particularly difficult for Tottenham in that game. 
The carnival atmosphere obviously sparked the opening goal, but after the initial frenzy and against what the scoreline might suggest, it was a really easy game. Reguilón had free reign on the left side and got his second assist in three games. It's unlikely there will be many uh, Reguilóns floating around waiver piles out there, but could be a worthwhile addition to package into any trade deals. Next is a repeat from last week, and that's Chalaba for Chelsea. He was one of the most transferred in players ahead of game week eight, and managers were rewarded, as I said, with the standard clean sheet six-pointer. Chalaba is in the top 10 FPL defenders so far this season, and as well as being uh, injury cover, will continue to get games as a rotational centre-back, especially when you consider the age of their other senior defenders and the amount of games Chelsea are likely to play this season. He's probably good enough to hold and if he's benched, just make sure you've got a decent option or two on the bench. I expect Thiago Silva to come in, uh, and it remains to be seen what's happening with Rudiger. So when you factor in that Aspi can also get moved to um, right wing back, there's plenty of room for Chalobah to get some game time, and could end up creeping in ahead of Christiansen in the pecking order. One of the other standout performers from that Spurs game was Tangi and Dombele. Um, it looks like it's his spot to lose in this team now, and I'd be very surprised if the starting 11 changes ahead of the next game away to West Ham. He won't have as easy a ride in the next game, but looks a lot more comfortable as an out-and-out number 10 in the 4-2-3-1 system and feels like a natural heir to the goals Kane and Son don't score. His ownership puts him in hidden gem territory, but I was impressed enough to put him up here in the main section, so he should be out there for a number of you if you fancy it. Now, Ferran Torres fractured his foot while on international duty for Spain and is expected to be out until um, 2022. We saw Torres play as a nine for City for the opening games and he looked a decent option there. With him now out, it's worth considering who the benefactors of that will be. Foden coming back feels like an obvious replacement and he himself has looked decent playing in that role. Compare that to Sterling, who we are accustomed to seeing play up front, who has looked bang out of form recently. It's not as simple as that, obviously, because most of the City attackers can be deployed in multiple positions, barring probably Mares, who is generally only used on the right. Jesus can obviously play down the middle, but he looks to be Mares' main competition on the right side this season. And KDB is another option as a 4-9. I think the obvious winner from this is Foden, who on current form looks like the best option on the left and down the middle, uh, effectively doubling his chances of getting a game. The rotation will carry on, though, as we're used to, so... Really, it's just one less player on the roulette wheel. And the other thing which is helpful is that these guys don't tend to get brought on late if Manchester City are winning. So you're covered as long as you have a playing bench. Next, another guy I've mentioned on one or two pods already this season is Yuri Tielemans for Leicester. He's been an ever-present for them and uh, a shining light in the team that so far this season hasn't really performed to its full potential. His underlying stats show he's good value for the four attacking returns he's got so far. And when you consider that Madison and Barnes are going to see their minutes reduced in the coming games, uh, he's definitely a safe option to have if you want a piece of that Leicester attack. Next is Mabuemo for Brentford, another guy we've mentioned before on the pod. He's now hit the woodwork six times this season. And my position would be that this makes him probably a poor FBL asset, as regardless of anything else, we need guys who are putting points on the board at the end of the day, and you don't score anything for nearly scoring goals. There's a great thread on Twitter by FBL Prem Tipster, which I will link in the podcast description, that looks to explore whether he is a poor finisher or just unlucky. He takes each of the six shots in turn and relies on XG to answer the question, 
which for me misses the point on a couple of them, but concludes he has been unlucky on the whole. There are a couple of shots from tight angles, which FPL Prem Tipster concludes were unlucky, but I would argue he possibly should not be shooting from those positions in the first place, when the percentages would suggest reworking it or trying to set up a teammate are the better option. Showing shots with such a low XG as well um, also leads me to conclude that they're tough shots anyway, and so hitting the bar is going to be a likely result over scoring. From an FBL perspective, it's clear he is not afraid of shooting and he definitely has been unlucky on a few of those shots. What you would need to decide is do these six shots off the post lead you to a guy that's just waiting to explode or a guy that needs to pass the ball more? Now, Bobby Firmino is my next player to discuss and he would have been rightly dropped in a few draft leagues, especially those on the smaller side. And now managers will be wondering if they need to rush him back into their squads. The short answer is on the whole, he is probably good enough to be picked up in an eight-man league. But we know he's not a nailed-on starter and that Watford defence would have been torn to shreds by Scunthorpe on Saturday. So I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, Danny Rose, for example, looked like he'd won a competition to play for Watford that day. Um, Or maybe Ben Foster paid the defenders to be shit so he'd get some extra views on his YouTube channel. Just be careful if you're bringing him in with who you are dropping because strikers always get mopped up on the waivers and the next game away at Old Trafford hardly seems like must-own territory. Next is Brozier for Southampton, who has now forced his way into the Saints starting lineup and got his first Premier League goal. I thought Armstrong looked really lively when he first came in, but has since regressed massively to the point of being dropped. Adams is still out injured, but I've never been a massive fan of him. Um, never really been convinced by him as a lethal Premier League calibre goal scorer. So maybe we get to see a bit more of Brozier over the coming weeks. Southampton have some very winnable games up to the next international break. And only Burnley and Norwich have scored fewer goals than them so far. So they needed to try something else. He's got an air of arrogance about him, which all the best strikers have. And I don't see why he can't keep the other guys out of the team if he carries on like this. The only spanner in the works could be... Um, that he came off early with a possible knock in that game. But all being well, I expect him to start the next game if he's fit. The last player to mention on the main section is Kalechi Iheanacho. A change in fortunes and performance levels seems to have coincided uh, with the reintroduction of Kalechi into the Leicester eleven, with one of Barnes or Madison having to miss out as a result. There's a lot more potency to the attack and it feels similar to the vibes we saw at the back end of last season when he couldn't stop scoring. Lots of managers went quite big on him on draft day and hopeful that his form would roll into this season. But so far, uh, that hasn't been the case. But it's, you know, it's taken a while for him to get back to that. He's now showing what he can do when he's not having to make an impact with just 10, 15 minutes off the bench. He's an interesting one to place in the strike pool at the moment. And I'm currently working on adjusting the player rankings. And I think we're going to have to see some big names slide down the list for the likes of Iheanacho to reclaim their spot as decent level strikers. On to the Hidden Gems section now, and uh, it's starting to look a little barren, which is probably a, a normal thing as the season goes on, because these Hidden Gems don't remain hidden for long, and managers pick them up. There are a few Southampton defensive options in there, particularly Livermento and Walker-Peters, who I would consider, especially with their fixture run, Um, Plenty of Brentford and Wolves defenders sitting there also who you could come in for one or two week punts depending on who you fancy for a clean sheet. Uh, In midfield there are some options that I like the look of. Pascal Gross for Brighton is still there. 
Um, Klitsch for Leeds is another option who um, I've had some good times with in the past. And if you want to uh, have a part of this new rebranded Newcastle, then Joe Willock is also there and we know that he has had some success with them in the past. Onto the most hidden gem section, and that's uh, a guy with less than 10% ownership in a 16-team league. As I said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to move away from Hanley this week. Some of the names I was looking at include uh, Malang Sar for Chelsea, uh, Lokonga for Arsenal, Brownhill for Burnley, um, some Newcastle defenders, Manquillo or Lascelles. Um, but the player I'm going to go for this week uh, is Strauch for Leeds. Must be close to some sort of record for minutes to points ratio as he's played 387 minutes and has just the one FBL point to his name so far. Leeds have just uh, the one clean sheet up to now and have generally done a bad job of protecting Melier in goal, who has had to make the most saves in the Premier League this season with 31. The bookies have Leeds uh, 7th in the clean sheet odds this week, putting their chances at around 30%. The other bonus here is that Leeds go to Norwich in game week 10, so you could view him as a two-week punt. A few names on the get-rid list. Um, Adelaide Decore, who's picked up uh, an injury which sounds like he's going to need an operation, so he's going to be one to drop. Anthony Martial, I think, just slides further down the pecking order at Man United now that Rashford is back. Ferran Torres is obviously injured, so he needs to go. Uh, Deli Ali, I don't think, is anywhere near the Spurs starting eleven these days, so he needs to go. Uh, and the other one who, you know, less of a need to go, but um, who's probably over-owned is Ilkay Gundogan, who, as it stands, doesn't seem to be in a first choice Man City eleven um, with Rodri, KDB and Bernie Silva as the first choice middle three. Let's look at a few trade valuations, starting off with some that you could consider selling high. The first one I'm going to talk about is Mikel Antonio for West Ham. Had that crazy start to the season with four goals and four assists in the opening four games. Ignoring the match, he was suspended though. The subsequent four against Southampton, Leeds, Brentford and Everton have yielded just one assist. Now I'm tempting fate massively going into this game week against Spurs where he always seems to turn up. I would definitely see what value you can get for him by shopping him around to your league rivals ahead of a tricky run for West Ham and also the fact his hamstrings are ticking time bombs. Another one to consider selling high is Timo Werner for Chelsea. Now there are some looking at Werner as a decent FBL option moving forward with the nice fixture run and his seemingly safe spot in the team. I don't think his spot in the 11 is particularly safe. He's not dovetailing particularly well with Lukaku and I think somewhere in there there is a better system which has Lukaku playing more of a solo frontman role and then involves bringing in some combination of Mount, Havertz or, or Ziyech um, to back him up. See if you can get some trade value for him now before everyone else realises he's just pumped up waiver fodder. Um, otherwise, give him a couple of weeks, see how it goes and just drop him if you have to. My one by low target to mention this week is Jaden Sancho for Man United. Zero returns so far for the England Wunderkind. Patchy minutes, which to me reflects a manager who doesn't really know what he's doing with the squad. Couple that with uh, the return of Rashford and the lineup looks a lot more crowded. Greenwood has performed fairly reliably on the right side so far. And many Sancho owners will be wondering why on earth they drafted him so high on draft day. Take advantage of that now, especially as the fixtures have turned and you may find you can throw you know, a half-decent fourth, fifth-round calibre player in a bit of form towards an investment that should pay off 
once the 38 games are all tallied up. So that's it for this episode. Um, Just a reminder that we have a Friday night game this weekend as Arsenal face Aston Villa, um, which means the waiver window is on Thursday evening at 6.30. So don't get caught out by that because many will be. Um, So make sure, as always, that you get your waivers penciled in early. Um, Just even just if you get a few that you know you want in so that at least something's on there for when that window passes by. If you enjoyed this podcast or have been enjoying the podcast, make sure you're following uh, on whichever platform you're listening to so that uh, you don't miss out on any future episodes as they're released. If you want to reach out and get hold of me for anything, the uh, best way is on Twitter and you can follow me at FBL Draft Hub Pod um, and just send me a message on there. I'm usually quite quick to get back to you and that can be anything from just commenting on the podcast um, asking a waiver question or getting my advice on a trade I'm happy to discuss but just be warned I'm not going to tell you what to do I don't like being prescriptive and I hope you don't treat this podcast as as a prescriptive resource on what you should do it's more about discussing and helping you to lead to a decision that you're comfortable with yourself if you haven't already then you also must check out fbldrafthub.com which has a whole host of features on there you can't find anywhere else. It's completely free to sign up and you'll get a load of personalised stats for your draft league and your team specifically. You can look at how your team is performing against the other teams in your league on various metrics to help you decide where you need to go on the waivers. So best of luck ahead of game week nine. If you take anything away from this podcast, it's that you should go and pencil some waivers in as soon as you finish listening and as always stay shook. Sure.